you are in the world today. Thank you for joining us on Association Rockstars. I'm Amy Hager, your host. Lowell is out and about. And so I am going to be interviewing a lovely panel of IOMs. And if you're not for sure what IOM stands for, we will definitely dive into that and explain it. And to get started out with today's interview, I wanna give our panelists a chance to introduce themselves and that way I can also double check and make sure that we're live on the Facebook group. So Kuma, why don't you go ahead, go first. Who are you? What are you doing in this world? Sure, well, my name is Kuma Roberts. I'm the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer for a boutique consulting firm called Arrowhead Consulting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But formerly a 10 years tour of duty with the Tulsa Regional Chamber, where I did a variety of roles, including education, workforce development, talent attraction, and then left there as the VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. So really excited to be with you here today, Amy. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. And Robert, how about you? Where are you located and what are you up to? Hi, my name is Robert Newman. I'm the Vice President and Chief Financial Officer at the Independent Film and Television Alliance. We're a 501c6 trade association based here in Los Angeles. And uh, gosh, uh, I'm coming up to 32 years at the organization. Wow. So you started in kindergarten? Well, I, was 12, <laughs> I was 12 years old. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, if you're listening live today on Facebook, feel free to drop any questions that you have for our panelists in the comments. And um, if you are catching this on replay, still drop your questions. We'll be back, I promise. And um, to kick our session off today, I would love to hear what your superpowers are. And Robert, do you want to go ahead and go first and share with us? Sure. Well, I had to give that a lot of thought. I mean, there are a lot of superpowers that I, I would like and uh, I think would be very helpful. But I guess just thinking about it, I guess my superpower will be is getting the job done, you know, meeting deadlines, getting the job done, doing whatever it takes to get uh, the project completed. Uh, it may be a little bit rocky along the way, but I finally get there. And uh, I, since 1999, when I took over the finance and accounting department at my organization, I've never missed a, uh, a filing deadline for our 990. Nice. Um, I've always been prepared for our annual audit and uh, the auditors have always been very uh, impressed and uh, we've always had a clean audit. So I think that would be my uh, superpower. I love it. Kuma, how about you? Um, Robert speaking French, all things finance. I'm just like, what is, he, what is this he's talking about? Um, I would have to say that my superpower is diplomacy. Um, I feel like I really honed my superpower while working in the chamber world and chambers and associations get this right because we have hard conversations with our members um, and somehow you have to deliver sometimes not so great news to them in a way that is kind of a win-win for all. And so certainly that has its role to play in the work I'm currently doing, leadership development, diversity, equity, and inclusion training. So diplomacy is my superpower. I feel like in this industry, diplomacy needs to be like in everybody's like back pocket <laughs> at all times. Definitely needs. Well, we to all be know that's it. not the case, right? Not right? everybody's got it, and so right. that's why I'm claiming it as my own. Hi, Dewan. Exactly. Dewan, thank you so much for joining us. And I think like that is the thing about the industry is sometimes meetings come up and you have to be a little bit late. 
or there's a time zone difference and we didn't realize it in the email when I communicated right. to you. Thanks for I'm, having so, I'm so glad you're able to join us. Let's go ahead and get you caught up. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Who are you? What organization do you work for? And what are you doing in this world? Yes, and first off, thank you, Amy, and uh, your terrific team for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, but for those that don't know me, my name is Dewan Claiborne, and I am the president and CEO of the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. We are the fastest growing chamber in Galveston County, um, located in League City, the largest city in Galveston County. Um, I've been a president and CEO here. Uh, for two years and uh, it's been a complete 180 it's been a blessing um, but i'm operating in my super power uh, yeah. superhero power which is uh serving um and so <clears throat> working at the chamber all i'm doing is really serving the community serving the businesses uh very involved in my church i'm an usher um, and a greeter and so um, you know that's service as well because you know you want to greet people in put a smile on their face by you smiling and so um, just operating in my spiritual gift. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you know what? Let's roll right into um, how did you get started in the industry? Was it just a calling that you had through service and being so connected in your community? Just great question. So my friends, they have a funny story uh, that they say about me. Um, so I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, played basketball in college division one. Not really that tall, but hey, I still played. Um, and so I relocated to Houston. And so my first job in Houston, I was actually a server at Papa Do's, uh, where I learned so much about customer service and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Um, then I spent a couple of years in retail. Um, and then just one day, um, I was working with Target, actually. And I don't know if you all remember, Target went through this big breach, credit card breach, a few uh, decades yeah. ago. Yeah, a few years ago. And so what they did is they downsized. And so I had just bought my first house. Um, and so it's just like the saying, last one in, first one out. So I got let go. So I'm like, man, God, like, what am I doing wrong? And my aunt, uh, she was in Europe at the time. She got a random email and it said, uh, Fort Ben Chambers looking for a director of special events. She was like, huh, why did they send this to me? I'm in Europe. She was like, oh, DeWan needs a job. And so I went to Fort Ben Chamber. I interviewed at 11 a.m. And she offered me by 2 p.m. the same day. That has never happened in my life, wow. ever. Same day. And so, um, sorry about that. Someone's called. Okay. They offered me the same day. And yeah, that was the start of my chamber career. I was there three and a half years. Um, I was blessed to do some terrific things. That that chamber is like top 10 best chambers in the world. So I got like grade A experience, which I didn't realize at the time I was getting. Um, and then I was actually able to graduate with my Institute of Management certification through the United States Chamber of Commerce Foundation, which you all know about. Um, and so once I finished that, I was like, I think it's time for me to go ahead and run my own chamber. And so that's how I got to League City. Love it. That's some ambition, definitely. And I think too, like the fact that your aunt forwarded that to you and she wasn't right. even local, like that is definitely the stars aligning and like yes. just, you're meant to be here. How cool is that? It's really cool. And, and, you know, it's really just a testimonial to people. You know, like I said, I first job, I was a server at Papa Do's. And so no matter where you are, just know that, you know, people are looking, you know, uh, never burn those bridges, you know, keep a great attitude and try to learn something that no matter what company you're at, because you never know when you're going to use it. I mean, I use a lot of my 
customer service things that I learned at Papados today with members, you know, especially the ones that are kind of tough to deal with. You got to kill them with kindness, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Robert, how about what's your story? How did you get started? You know, I think uh, I think the ongoing joke is no one uh, no one chooses to be an associational chamber professional. Everybody just ends up there. Um, I was actually in L.A. in 1990, uh, just hanging out, traveling a little bit, and um, I applied for a job um, to work the 1991 American Film Market, which is our annual trade show. It was supposed to be a six-month assignment, working in accounts receivable. I thought, oh, you know what? I've got nothing better to do. And I, I applied for the job. I got the job. 32 years later, I'm still at that organization. Wow. So then um, how many different roles have you had? Um, it's all been in finance and accounting. So I worked my way up from an accounts receivable, uh, a temporary seasonal position, um, then I got hired um, as a senior accountant and worked my way up to uh, vice president and CFO. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I want to ask you a follow-up question really quick, if you don't mind, and then Kuma, we'll go on to your story. Sure. So, Robert, from being at the very beginning to there, what, though, were you doing before you took this seasonal job? Was it fresh out of college type thing or...? Uh, not quite. I actually, I, I was born in Teaneck, New Jersey, but at the age of six, my family moved to Melbourne, Australia, where I grew up and went to got school it. and uh, went to college. And after, uh, after graduating from college, I got a job at a, uh, at a CPA for my work there for a couple of years before, uh, before the travel itch kind of uh, took mm -hmm. over. And I decided to, having been born in America, I wanted to come back and travel and visit and uh, ended up staying here. Very cool. Wow. Well, I'm glad you stayed and I'm glad we found you. <laughs> Kuma, how about you? How did you get started? Well, I have to echo what Robert said. Like no one like wakes up and chooses to do this, but um, I wanted a job. I don't, I don't have a college degree. I didn't graduate from college. I have some college, but never actually finished. Mm -hmm. And so I'd been working as a receptionist in different companies locally. And there was an opportunity that came up in the local CVB, which was under the chamber. And it was for an account specialist. And I thought, I'm moving up in my career. I want to be an account specialist. No longer am I interested in being this receptionist role. I want to take the next step up. And so I applied for, the, for this job that I didn't get ultimately but what they heard in my in my applicant you know my interview was I love Tulsa I love my city I love helping people I really am excited to be here for the opportunity and they ultimately called me back and some of you if you're in the chamber world I know we're talking chambers association knows Ruth Littlefield she hired me at the Tulsa Regional Chamber being an account specialist and it was really sort of investor relations work like creating the spreadsheets to create a, a program for them to call on our members and sort of thank them for their investment in our chamber but it just was an, an amazing intro and to this whole organization I had no idea exactly Existed, right? Who knows that there are roles, multiple roles within something like an association or a chamber. So it just opened up a whole new world for me about where I could go and how I could grow, given that maybe I don't have what is traditionally, right, the sort of pedigree of a college degree. So it was a fabulous intro for me. 
Well, and you did eventually go on to get your IOM and yes. go through Institute and everything. Yeah, I and think we actually met a few times getting our IOM, right? Yes, I Yes, Dewan, how yes, could you forget? Right. No, 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 I apologize. I'm putting two and two together. Look, I apologize. I was like, we have partied before yeah, together. We have. Okay. I, you okay. actually gave me some really good ideas, the thought leadership from the C-suite. I'm actually doing that now. Yes, I okay. remember. Okay, okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and I think too, the great thing about Association Rockstars is we're able to really bring people into this community where like, sometimes we're like ships passing in the night and we know we know each other and we know we've interacted with each other and like, just like you're remembering like, oh my gosh, you gave me this great idea. And that's what I love about the IOM community too, is it's like you meet all of these wonderful people at Institute and sometimes you graduate together. You do all four years together, right? And sometimes there's those people who fast track and pop in and out or whatever happens and they change locations. But like once you've gone to Institute and once you've gone through the IOM program, it's just expanding your network globally, right? And so I love that. And so I think Kuma, the question that I want to ask you is you did stumble upon in this industry and you've kind of moved around a little bit chamber wise and into now a consulting role. Why do you continue to work in this industry? What sucked you in? You know, there was the, the idea that every single day was incredibly different. That's powerful, right? I could be on a DC fly-in or traveling with our legislators to our state capital to sort of lobby and advocate for our members. I could be um, at an event, like putting down programs <laughs> all around a table. I could be, um, you know, hosting a board meeting where we're discussing some of the challenges of the day. I felt like the industry itself places you in, in a position to make impact and influence on a community. And I think um, that is like a, a very powerful feeling to know that um, I know almost every single person of influence in my community and have a relationship with them. And I credit my experience with the chamber as being a part of that. I mean, I, I have my phone ringing when a CEO of a Fortune 500 company that's headquartered here says, Kuma, I got to ask you a question. I'm like, really? Me? <laughs> Why me? It's just really awesome and I think that's what Chambers and Association does is it's you have this membership and this connection this broad network of individuals that really in a variety of ways just strengthen relationship connection you never know what you're going to know and it's really sustained me for the past 10 or 11 years and I just I don't want to leave it because it's been a, a wonderful family to be a part of. I love that. I absolutely love that. It is. It's a big family, like that extended family. And I think the really cool thing too, that you were kind of hitting on before we went live, like you're working with different organizations in different states and getting to travel and getting to see, and you were even talking about maybe a bigger trip coming up. And yeah. it's like, you always know someone almost everywhere you go. Yes. That's absolutely true. I was worried. I frightened half to death. It was the middle of a pandemic, right? I, you know, I could leave my job I've had for 10 years. What does consulting look like? And the minute I left the chamber, I, I, you know, I had fear for like a minute. My chamber and association friends have all called in some way 
Kuma, can you come present for us on diversity? Hey, Kuma, can you consult with us? And so a large majority of my clients are chambers that I knew through the IOM process and through my work doing ACCE and other opportunities. So powerful connections that are fueling my life now, right? That I couldn't do without, that made it possible for me to kind of break out on my own. So that's been wonderful, a wonderful surprise. Love that. I absolutely love it. Dewan, what about you? What do you love the most about the work that you're doing as a chamber CEO? Um, I believe just, you know, being able to have influence and affect um, the mom and pop business owners, right? So, you know, and don't get me wrong, of course, I love my five-star members. I call them five-star. It's my top tier, you know, uh, donors. However, you know, allowing to work with the mom and pop business owners um, that because of the chamber, they're able to feed their kids. Because of their chamber, they're able to grow their staff. Because of their chamber, they're able to grow their network and not just have one location, but grow to two and three. So just those testimonials and just knowing that I'm able to help by making a phone call or setting up a meeting for them with someone who... They've been trying to meet with for months, but they keep running to the gatekeeper, but I'm able to pick up the phone uh, and make it happen. So one of my slogans is, I tell people is, I don't have problems. I have friends, you know? So anytime there's a problem, if I can't answer, hey, guess what? I can pop on the phone and call somebody to get an answer or to get things done. So similar to what Kuma is saying, it's, it's really just great to have that influence. And, um, you know, I still got a lot more years of my chamber career, however, you know, uh, being blessed to see how I was able to turn my current chamber around, you know, I think it's, it would be good to eventually start working with chambers that, you know, don't have good financial solvency and, you know, help implement and, and, and have a turnaround strategy, you know, because at the end of the day, we see now chambers are more important than ever. You know, you can't have a strong, robust community without a vibrant business community. And that starts with your chamber of commerce. Yeah. Most definitely. And I love that um, I'm trying to retype the saying that you just said, I don't have problems, I have friends. Yes, yes. That is awesome. That's such, so true, so true. Um, Robert, I want to ask you maybe a little bit more personal question and knowing that you've been in this industry longer than the three of us, has there ever been a professional or personal challenge that you've really had to overcome while working at your association that you want to share with our audience that we can maybe gain some insight from? Oh, now we're getting, now we're getting really personal here. Um, you know, I mean, you know, having worked at my association for almost 32 years, actually, at the end of this month, um, there's definitely been challenges along the way, uh, both professional and, um, and uh, personal and, uh, you know, I think over the years I've grown, I've, you know, I've learned, I've made many mistakes and I've tried to learn from my mistakes as I've, you know, progressed. Um, I think there's just, you know, trying to think back at, at specific challenges. Uh, I thought of a couple just uh, more so on the workload uh, kind of, you know, mm. uh, challenge that I had. Uh, in um, 2004, we decided to move our trade show from uh, February time slot to November. And so that was a pretty big uh, move, you know, doing two annual, well, what was an annual trade show, having to do it twice in one year was, wow. was huge. Uh, and not only that, we also changed our fiscal year from a June 30th year end to a calendar year, year end. So that meant 
just so much. I mean, it was a huge, huge wow. undertaking. And uh, we had to, you know, re change processes. We had to do two, two, uh, two year end closes. We had to do a short six month financial period. And so there was a lot of things that I had done for the, it was the first time I did it. And I, you know, basically had to learn as I go. Uh, but it was, again, we managed, we made it through and it was a great learning experience. So I think uh, just my advice is, uh, you know, when those kind of challenges come along, just, you know, don't fear them, just embrace it. And, and you will come out better on the other side. Mm -hmm. I get that. And I think too, like, you'll get through it together is kind of what it sounded like with your entire team. I mean, those are some big shifts to be making all together, let alone in one year. Right. Yes. And so, um, there, I, I think you're right, Robert, there is always light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes we don't see it and we just get so burdened and overwhelmed by it all, but we'll get through it together. And I think that's a beautiful thing about the chamber and association space is like Juan said, we show up in service and by showing up in service, I think we're able to really tackle some really huge changes, problems because of that. So I love that. I love that was your piece yeah. of advice. And part of what, just to jump in on that, you know, we show yeah. up for service, but you know, you can't neglect the fact that we work with some of the most intelligent individuals in our community, right? Mm -hmm. And that right there is, you know, invaluable. For instance, um, you know, I tell my board this every time. I say, hey, you know, when you hire people, people are intimidated about hiring people that are smarter than them. I say, hey, y'all are on my board because all of you all are smarter than me, but that allows me to keep my job, right? <laughs> so I intentionally want, you know, the smartest, the most influential, I want all C-suites, you know, and so I think you, you can't forget about that fact that you get to work day in and day out with these stellar leaders. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I was going to say, you know, I love that we have all this positivity around the work and it definitely exists. But I think, you know, some challenges for me are there's this tendency for chambers and certainly probably associations to not have hard conversations because we're a chamber we're so like everything should be rosy from our perspective and so sometimes that results in people feeling excluded or that we're not considering the reality of the current situation that we're living in across the nation people are heavily and deeply divided and so i see the chambers and certainly our associations as places where some hard conversations can be had and so you know i would encourage mo most of you all to like dig deep into that side as well, right? It's it's fantastic to say all of the benefit and they exist and it's there, but there's some incredible disparity across the communities we serve, uh, who's represented within our organizations, why aren't others uh, more represented within, and so um, there's just some, some questions we need to start asking ourselves as well that will take us into the future, right, in terms yeah. of our relevance and, and um, sustainability. Yeah, and she's absolutely right about that. And so when I was rebuilding my board, you know, that's what I looked at. How diversified are we, not just from age, from industry, right? From talent, time, service. And so I'm proud to say now, we probably have one of the most diverse boards. My chamber's ever seen. That's half the reason why we've been able to do something. So yeah, definitely right on that. So then, um 
I guess my next question for you guys are, as we're thinking about having diverse boards, having the ones who are, I guess, to say it blatantly, smarter than we are, right? Who are able to come together and kind of find the right solutions and ask the hard questions. When you're thinking about collaborating and bringing those people together, what is a quality that you want to look for in a person as you sitting here as the association or chamber director who's, all right, I want to recruit. I want to bring that person on. What's some of the qualities that you think we should be looking for as we're gathering and bringing those people together in the room? Well, I think number one is always integrity, right? Um, you want to keep everything transparent and, uh, and above board. Um, my next thing is um, enthusiasm. Um, I want people that are happy to be here. You know, I have a, I made up a word. Uh, it's called Blappy, B-L-A-P-P-Y, you know, and that means that even though you're not happy, you can act happy, you know? <laughs> so, so I tell people, hey, act Blappy, you know, uh, because every day we're not happy, but you can act like So mine is integrity, enthusiasm, they, like greener energy. We don't need any Debbie. And if they got those th three things, they're fine. I love that. Robert, Kuma, any other ones, any other qualities to add? Yeah. I mean, I think like uh, Kuma mentioned earlier about diplomacy, uh, you know, and, and to follow on with Duran said about integrity, you want honestly, honesty, you want people that that know they're they're there not for their own self-interest, but to help the broader community at large. Whether yeah. it's the industry or your local community at a chamber, you know, you're there as a as a board member, not to do what's best for you and your company, but you're there to do what's best for the association and for the chamber and for the communities at large. Yeah, I mean, these guys said it best, but you know, authentic, genuine leaders who who are vulnerable right and say i don't know and are curious to think more deeply about challenges and solutions um you know sometimes this work can just pose itself to um you know the dinners and the and the and the you know the 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 exciting things that come around with like pulling people together and convening individuals but I'm always looking for that person who's willing to really roll up their sleeves and say, how, how can we be better? Um, how can we tell the true picture and the true reality of the organization? Because it's in my heart to see it, you know, go beyond whatever the current realities are. And I think that is um, sometimes so hard to find is someone willing to kind of pull down the, this like facade of, oh, I'm a CEO or I'm a this and saying, no, I, I'm really about the greater good. And I think Dewan said that, like that outcome of like, of for the community, right? The, the final result, so. I love that, I love it. And so as we think about the next question that I wanna move on to, which is what community kind of connects all of us, which is the Institute of Organizational Management, having our IOM and, and going through that process and being able, one, to have the support of others. We're not doing this alone. There's others who are having the same hard conversations and building the same community and collaboration within their spaces. I'm curious as to why is having your IOM 
important to each of you? And I'm sure you each have different answers. And so Robert, let's start with you first. Why is it important to have your IOM? And you also have sat on a board of regents as well. So I think you might have a different perspective even just as someone who has their IOM too. Yeah, um, you know what, uh, a number of years ago, I was on the board of CalSAE, the California Society of Association Executives, and I was in line to become the board chair. And uh, for, I never, never got my CPA, but having worked at an association for so long, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna pursue, I'm gonna, it's time to get my CAE. And my goal was to get it before I was, uh, before I became the board chair. So I set the exam in May and became board. And luckily I somehow miraculously got through it and um, became the board chair in July uh, after that. And so it was kind of a rushed uh, process, you know, three, four months of intensive study and, you know, nights and weekends of reading through all these, you know, four inch thick association hand law handbooks. Um, so I felt that it was a little bit more rushed than what I wanted it to be. And, I had spoken to some other uh, Cal SAE members who had uh, sat for and, and undertook the IOM. And I thought, you know, that sounds really interesting. You know, I, you know, like that, that sounds interesting. So I looked into it and I decided, you know what, I'm going to pursue this because um, just the whole program sounded really fascinating. And, and it was more of a, you know, a, a slow, not, it wasn't an intense three months. It was, you know, spread over four years. And mm -hmm. um, just doing that was, it was such a great experience. Um, I got to meet, like you had mentioned earlier, I got to meet fabulous chamber people from all over the country who I'd hoped to uh, go visit in the last year or two, but that didn't happen. But uh, eventually it will. Um, um, and it was such a great program. I really enjoyed it. I learned, you know, it helped me fill in some of the gaps that I, that I didn't quite, you know, learn what, during my cramming session for the CAE. Wow. And uh, not only that, though, it, you know, more importantly, it just gave me this new network of, of, of both professional and personal friends. Um, and uh, it was such a good experience. I uh, agreed to, uh, I was asked and I would happily agree to serve on the Board of Regents for a couple of years um, at West Institute. And so definitely recommend it for anyone. Kuma, how about you? Yeah, I think I think I mentioned earlier, like, you know, I did go to college, University of Tulsa for three years. My father passed away. I dropped out. So I didn't finish and get my degree. And so, um, you know, work and life and kids and all that gets into play. And for me, the IOM was this feeling of I'm finishing something. I, I often refer to it as Chamber and Association College, right? It feels you go for this very rigorous, intense, you know, um, four year program. And I spaced it out over four years. That was, um, I just felt like I learned about governance. I learned about budgets. I learned about board relationship. I learned about trends in the industry. I just felt like I got every single piece that I like leverage to this very day or like in my work as a consultant that has nothing to do necessarily with the chamber, but that like in, intimate knowledge that I have has been what's been um, sort of at the core of how I do my current work. And so um, the ION means significantly a lot to me. It, it says I've accomplished something. It says that I've accomplished something that's big, that's recognized <clears throat> and that I have 
people with me that also have that name and it's that bond and that camaraderie that like we all went through the same thing. And so um, I know that I went through at West with Robert and <laughs> um, and, and Dewan that, <laughs> that we are like, you know, we're a breed. We were well taught. We are we are the, in the industry. We're the best of the best. And that's really exciting. And so I just really have a lot for that. It means a lot. And I make sure people put it in my name. I'm IOM on LinkedIn and otherwise. It's something I want people to recognize. Mm. I love that. Dewan, how about you? Um, I echo everything they say. Uh, but for me, you know, um, it's really like a master's in chamber world. That's why I tell people um, it's a master's in chamber association world. And it really showed me how important it was uh, well, so like in League City, I'm like the first chamber executive, uh, meaning all my predecessors didn't have chamber experience. So when you were asking Robert, uh, mm -hmm. I kind of talked about it too, like, hey, we're always about to rah-rah, you know, but, you know, when I started, there was not a great situation, you know, I was in a tremendous deficit and, you know, again, I was blessed to like turn everything around but it truly showed me when you have people running these chambers and they have no experience you just you know picking out it's probably not the best term but the average joe you know it, it's detrimental to the community and you know like chamber wise it really makes a difference when you take you know uh that professional development for those four years you it's just night and day almost with the executives Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally would agree with you. And I think when I, when I reflect back on getting my IOM, I was a brand new association executive of an organization that never had an, an association executive before. It was a volunteer ran organization. Wow. And I had no idea about a 990. I didn't right. even know we weren't filing it. And my accountant didn't know because he was an innkeeper volunteering as the treasurer, right? And so I think one, learning like those fundamentals of this is how you run a business, a chamber or association business is like that wonderful foundation, no matter where you are in the space that you're able to do. But also I had a chance in a moment to reflect like how I got started in the industry is I was a member. I was a member of four chambers and three associations because I worked for a publishing company. And when we moved to DC, I was like, yes the Mecca of associations. I'm going into it and then stumbled on the IOM. And I was like, great, I'm not getting a master's. I'm not going back to college. I'm getting my IOM. And that like replaced any other institutional organization that I needed to go back to school for. And little did I know that I was going into this huge, like you said, camaraderie family that you have all of these great people to bounce ideas off of, to help you build your tiered memberships. And, you know, like Robert, I've gone back and served. I was a classroom advisor. I've been on the board of regents. I'm now a faculty at West or wait, Tucson, Tucson. There's no more West. I'm Don't make me cry. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. West and so is best. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, parties. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And so it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to like get to experience and how each of us, you know, came across it, but each of us value it so differently. And so I guess I want to ask one last question. And if you each want to answer great, if, um, if we only get one answer, that's fine. But 
why do you think having more people go through Institute, more IOM graduates, why do you think this is important for our industry? Well, I'll start it off just to echo exactly what I said. Um, there's, a, there's a difference of night and day with chamber executives and non-executives, right? You, one, if you're not in the chamber industry, which a lot of us never started, um, we didn't start out in the chamber industry, you get those tools. Uh, because again, for those major cities, any city really, the, the value and how productive and profitable the business community is going to be from business retention uh, to business recruitment, all that starts with the chamber. Yes, cities have EDCs, economic development, um, but it all starts with the chamber. And so in order to have a vibrant city, you know, where people want their taxes lower, well, guess what? That needs more commercial development, more businesses were lower than residential taxes. It starts with the chamber. That makes sense. I'll just say that, you know, it's not often that you get learning and on the job experience that you can apply like within a week, right? So you go to IOM, your your week one, and you've learned so much that literally you leave that week and you are applying what you learned almost immediately into the into the work. And so in my mind, if we could shift, you know, general higher ed, post-secondary education to a point where people had that relevance of applying what they were learning in the moment on the job or, or in some capacity, then we're all much better leaders, much better um, uh, uh, followers, right? And so there, there's something to the fact that it was immediately applied that was just so exciting. Like, I've got this new idea, this new learning, I'm gonna employ that next week. And then I'm gonna like, make sure that I like, uh, take the lessons from the people that said, well, this is what failed. And I'm gonna apply it so that it works. And I can't tell you <clears throat> how many programs, how many <clears throat> things I developed as a result of just like hearing it and then being able to actually apply it in, in practice in the work that I do. So that was, everyone could use that. That's why the world needs more IOMs. Robert, anything else to add? Um, no, I mean, I think it's kind of like, it's almost like an apprenticeship. You know, if you're a plumber or, or electrician oh, yeah. and you, know, you may go to trade school, but then you're learning so much on the job and that's what the IOM does. And I think Kuma uh, uh, you know, explained it very, uh, very nicely that, uh, you know, it's stuff that you can apply right away and which is, makes all the difference, I think. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Like you're sitting there in class and you're like, oh, I can actually apply this while I'm in class. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, we, I want to wrap up our conversation and I'm so excited to hear the answer to this question from all of you. And Robert, since you were just speaking, I'll just start out with you. What legacy do you want to leave behind in this world? <laughs> um, you know, I thought about that and I guess it's more on a, on a personal level. Uh, Mm -hmm. Unlike Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street, I hate trash. I hate litter. And every time I drive around the streets of LA and see litter everywhere, it just bugs me. So about four or five years ago, I started organizing community cleanups. And I do a, I do a twice monthly cleanup uh, along this one stretch of road. I decided I'm going to adopt this stretch of road and I'm going to make sure it stays clean. It's up in the Santa Monica Mountain area. And it's a, it's, a, it's a stretch of road that I used to drive through every day on the way to and from work when I was working at the office. 
So I've been doing that twice a month, first Saturday, third Sunday of every month, and I, I try to recruit volunteers. I've also been doing an, another community uh, uh, cleanup through a, a Facebook community Facebook group, and I've been it's been great. I've been getting twenty doing that once a month, getting twenty to twenty five people, a lot of young kids who are so excited about picking up litter, and. Um, most recently, I, I've teamed up with uh, an organization, a nonprofit organization based here in LA called Volunteers Cleaning Communities. And uh, it's just something that I feel very strongly about. And I decided, you know what, I can complain about it and whine about it or do something about it. So three or four years ago, I decided to do something about it. And it's just something that I, I'm hoping that when people think of me, they'll think, oh, you know, Robert's, you know, he's the guy that picks up the litter on our street. <laughs> <sighs> Not everybody can say that. And what I love about it is it ties to your superpower, right? Of getting things done. Mm -hmm. It really, really does. So way to take the initiative and, and go for it. And what a beautiful legacy to leave behind for your area. That is so unique. Wow. Um, Kuma, how about you? That's a really, it's a, such a great question. Um, I think I think about my, my kids, um, kids today, um, certainly black and brown kids can't be what they can't see. And so I always do all of the work, my service in Chamber World, my interviews, my presentations, really in my mind is about letting people see um, so that they know what, what they could be, right? Not that they want to be me. And so, you know, I didn't, I graduate, I, I, I didn't graduate from college, right? Um, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks in Tulsa, Oklahoma, North Tulsa. Um, there's just so many things that would count against me, but yet I have this amazing job in a, in a, in a building, a high-rise building in downtown you know, Tulsa um, where I'm traveling around the nation. The world is next. I want to go international soon. But I mean, that's, that's the legacy is that my kids... Um, have something to aspire to be and do better than I did. And I think that's what we all want is for our families, is for our, our children to do better. And so that's, that's my legacy. Mm, I love that. Dewan, how about you? Wrap it up for us. Um, mine might not be as good as those two. Um, however, uh, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I played Division One basketball. So um, eventually I want to get to a point where um, I'm able to go back and, you know, speak to athletes and, and tell them, hey, you know, one, while you're in college, it's going to go by so quick. So, you know, use that sport. Don't let it use you. So, for instance, for me, I was blessed enough to have a full ride, um, but I still did my grades, you know, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of athletes that get stuck in, you know, want to, you know, continue to go to the next level, go to the next level when there's just a small percentage that does. And so if you can, you know, utilize your free education so you won't be in debt when you get out of school and then maybe you'll even, you know, be able to get a good job through those connections that you make. While everybody is cheering you on at that sport, you know, so utilize that sport. Don't let it utilize you. Uh, so that's one of my passion things. Uh, still, I've, you know, coach uh, kids and, you know, I still play basketball, but really eventually getting into those uh, college uh, campuses and, you know, having the time to talk to them at that level and just letting them know, like, hey, take advantage of this opportunity. You know, don't go out and get all these loans because you want this fancy clothes. I have teammates now. We had a full ride, but 
they want to get loans out and now they, they got to pay it back, you know? Yeah. Uh, but how much more do you start ahead by being debt-free from education versus those uh, that have that debt? So that's one of the things. I love it. Well, and I love, again, all of your answers are so personal and so different. And that's the great thing about our community is we're all coming at this world from different places within our souls and within our hearts with different solutions, but we're all here wanting to make this world a better place. So thank you all for joining me today and letting me dive into what's going on in your worlds. And Thank you to our listeners. I know we've had a few join us live. I know some people will catch this on replay. Um, and I have a question for you, Amy. Oh gosh. Yeah? Who's hosting the next West reunion? <laughs> <laughs> should we go to Robert or Dewan or should we go to you? Where are we? Y'all come to Tulsa? <laughs> well, and I didn't realize you all were West grads. <laughs> yeah. I think we are, yeah. All right, anyway. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> I did three years west, and I had to fast track my last year. So I actually graduated in Tucson. Um, ah. Yeah. But I was west three years. Don't do it like that. I got, <laughs> I got it. And I love that there's like this alliance and our allegiance maybe to like where right. you went and where did you graduate from. Right. And, uh, but no matter what, we all love you. No matter where you graduated from. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's okay. Maybe we'll right. right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Amy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having thank us. Thank you. you all. Y'all keep up the great work. Same to you all. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And until next time, everybody, association rock on. Rock on. <laughs>